I'm Ryan Miner, the host of a Minor Detail podcast, where we talk about, analyze, and break down politics and news in Maryland. This is Season 6, Episode 289. Our guest is Sean Porter. You may have spotted Sean somewhere in Maryland, standing on a sidewalk or a public right-of-way, holding a giant sign that has attracted significant attention and controversy. Sean joins a Minor Detail podcast today to tell his story. It's going to be interesting tonight. We're going to take the next 45 minutes and talk to a guy by the name of Sean Porter. Eric, who's Sean Porter? Sean Porter is most infamous for a giant sign. Say it right. Yeah, this is a podcast. I just wanted to check. I yeah, oh yeah. I didn't want to offend your sensibilities. So Sean Porter is the guy that has been carrying around the giant sign that says, Suck my dick, Larry Hogan. Mm-hmm. He called Jan Gardner, I believe, a Nazi cunt. Jan Gardner is the county executive of Frederick County. Basically, uh... Um, he's been engaging in this political speech since June of last year um, in opposition of Governor Larry Hogan's uh, lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Actually, at one point when I was protesting against Judge Teresa Adams because the sheriff's office was giving me a hard time for my protest, um, Sean Porter actually came out there intentionally to distract them so that they left me alone. Got to give credit where it's due. He has been a... Uh, a constant thorn in the free speech side of basically every police department in the state. Where we're going to talk to Sean tonight, I'm going to patch him in now. He was gracious to join us here on this Sunday night, second day of... How are you there, sir? Good. Hey, thanks for coming on. First time on, on the podcast. This is Sean Porter. Sean, you live in Frederick, correct? That is correct. Tell me about yourself and what you've been up to the last year. And again, if anybody who are tuning in now, we're with Sean Porter. We wanted to talk to him because you might have seen him around the state. He's been all over the place from Western Maryland all the way down to Ocean City. And he has some signs that have caused quite a stir. Yeah, over to you, Sean. Uh, you go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Well, I'm Sean Porter. I'm the offensive sign guy. Uh, that's kind of my shtick. I started protesting recently against Governor Larry Hogan's lockdown. It just seemed like it was unlawful, overly broad, just kind of thrown together. It didn't make sense. There were restrictions in counties where they weren't having caseloads like PG or Montgomery that were almost unaffected, that were getting shut down, restaurants closed, bars closed. You know, at the time I was banging a waitress, and so she wasn't able to go out to get me at paper so that I could then take it and spend it at the bar. Bars were closed, so I couldn't do that. She couldn't make the money to give me the money. I couldn't go out and waste it on drinks on other ladies. And it really put a kink in my social life. And then, of course, every restaurant, every bar that I frequented, suffered financially. People that I knew that worked there no longer worked there. Some bars closed permanently like Guido's. I don't even know what happened with Guido's. A lot of restaurants I used to go to are now gone. It's been God awful. So that's what made me just finally go out and make the sign that's been so famous, the uh, SMD Larry Hogan sign. Um, that you've seen in Ocean City on the boardwalk, on WBAL 50. You call the governor a Nazi cunt. Obviously, you can understand that that's offensive to a lot of people, especially anyone with children. You frame this decision to exercise your First Amendment rights uh, exactly that, that government simply cannot infringe on your right to stand on the side of a corner whether people like the content or not. Quite frankly, if I were driving with my kids, I probably wouldn't like it. You still have an inalienable fundamental right in this country to protest in a way that is offensive. Government can't do anything about it. Lots of times we've seen videos. You have a pretty widely circulated YouTube channel. People tune into it all the time. I wasn't familiar with it until a few days ago, and I started watching some of your videos, and I've seen many law enforcement officers who have stopped their cruisers 
and have come over and have said to you, hey, we've gotten these reports from so-and-so. One of the recent videos that I watched was, I think it was in Prince George's County or somewhere near Bowie, and there was a female officer. Well, most of the thread was talking about how nice-looking this female officer was. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't care. I, you know, I don't but care. They came over and said, hey, you can't be holding this sign. And you said what? I said, uh, this is my free political speech. You can't infringe upon my free political speech. I have a right to be here. I'm standing on a public crosswalk. There's nothing illegal about what I'm doing. I'm not out here at three o'clock in the morning shouting in a residential community because the only thing they can control is like time, place, and manner. And that has to do with like noise ordinances in residential areas in the middle of the night when everyone's trying to sleep, things like that. But in the middle of uh, Route 301 at lunchtime, there's nothing they can do to stop me from standing there waving at my fellow citizens, spreading my thoughts about Governor Larry Hogan, as extreme as they are. And obviously, I exaggerate when I call him a, um, a Nazi cunt. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's a, a Nazi cunt, but I, I don't appreciate what he did to the state. And I don't think that what he did to the state with depriving business owners of their ability to conduct business without reimbursing them as the Maryland Constitution requires under a state of emergency. If the government seizes property, they have to re reimburse that person for the value of the property. In this case, they're closing businesses and then not not reimbursing them for their losses and, and then giving basically no reason other than you could catch this virus. And it's just it just was wrong from the beginning. And now Mary Hogan and everyone, they're, they're backing their way out of it. And, and it's, it's coming to an end, which is why I've pretty much discontinued uh, my protest. Just, it, it just seemed just, wrong. Just real quick. So what Sean's referencing is called regulatory taking. Basically, if the government passes a regulation that, that devalues somebody's property, they have to reimburse that person for said property. I didn't know that. I learned something new tonight. Uh, have you actually come into contact or have seen the governor in the last year? And has, has he personally witnessed your protesting and seen some of the and seen the sign that directly calls him out? I was outside of his house yelling at his window, telling him to SMD uh, Larry Hogan and yeah. reading the sign off to him just in case he wasn't looking out the window. But it was during uh, early hours. It was completely lawful. It was from a public sidewalk. It was a government-owned building that he lives in, the governor's mansion. The Colonel Michael Wilson actually attempted to arrest me for standing in front of the state house hmm. while holding the sign. And I said, what, what are you arresting me for? He's like, it's obscene. I said, well, it's, it is protected by the First Amendment. No, it's not. I'm like, well standard is i know it when i see it and it's it's basically anything goes uh, as long as it has political or artistic value that's the miller test there's three prongs to that to determine if something is obscene and it has to lack uh, artistic or political value of any kind and obviously my sign has both artistic and political value so then this guy said well i'm going to arrest you for trespass and i'm like wait a second your website is telling me that this is where i can go to protest and i research my locations before i go there i call highway departments uh, I call municipalities, I call Anne Arundel County Police, I call Annapolis City Police. I ask them a billion stupid questions. They hate hearing from me because I'm asking them questions because I'm gonna go and use that information the next day when their officers pretend like they have le legitimate reason to arrest me or ask me to leave a sidewalk to get in Annapolis next to the state house, literally like 15 minutes later. I think it's a valid point that you bring up. Again, the content and the style of your protesting can clearly be disputed. We can talk ad nauseum whether it's an effective approach. That's not for me to talk about. That's for other people to decide. We're here just because we believe that everyone deserves a platform, whether you find someone offensive or not. I, and, and you said earlier, it's I'm sort of paraphrasing that it's a bit 
hyperbolic that you're calling the governor a Nazi. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, right, right. Up right. And, you know, I, I think that you don't really want the governor to engage in oral fellatio. No. <laughs> so, no, I've been asked that repeatedly. Yeah. I absolutely am not interested in, in gubernatorial fellatio. Oh, no, Man, I'll tell you what, Eric, when we bring the show back in a new year, we bring it back. Um, oh my gosh! This one's great. I love it. Well, I mean, no, because I think it's a. It, it, there's several issues at play here, and one of the most important, especially being in the press and the media, is the First Amendment. Eric and I have been targeted before for our the being targeted. Well, yeah, I mean we're we're constantly targeted. It, it doesn't happen every day, but every couple of months, somebody takes issue and threatens us. Sean, when you were standing outside of the governor's mansion in Annapolis, the law enforcement officer comes over and says that I get a sense that law enforcement officers, I think they're trying to keep the peace, at least from my yeah. perspective, but some are still not understanding that you have a First Amendment right to be there. And then if you debate it or if you show them that you have that and you actually present the facts, which you do, and you're not causing any sort of disturbance, then it's like you're directly challenging their authority, and that's where I have an issue. That's problematic for me because I don't necessarily like the content of what you're saying, but you still have the right to be there. That's what this country is all about. I get a sense that a lot of law enforcement officers, they're trying to enforce the law, but they don't know what the law is. That could be true. They only get about six months of training before they're thrown out there and expected to know every law, every ordinance, every aspect. Maryland Criminal Code, the Comar, the Maryland Annotated Code, which doesn't even apply to criminal acts. Um, and so when they go out there, they gotta, you know, they gotta try and feel their way through situations. And most of the encounters that I've had with law enforcement have been good and have not resulted in YouTube videos. Only the really drastic ones, or the ones where the officers really, really cool or really, really funny ever make it to youtube the ones where the officers just show up and they're like yeah you got a right to be here everything's cool people are calling but you know it is what it is have a good day those guys don't become youtube stars sean when when you were protesting here in uh, in in frederick it was the frederick city police they came didn't. after you buddy not me they bugged me a little bit yes but they were there monitoring they didn't bother either one of us other than like a legitimate complaint their body cams were on every time if you notice every time they interacted with us they had an officer with a body cam and the lieutenant that was speaking compare that to the frederick county sheriff's office and awesome. it was the exact opposite yeah. uh, the, from the city from, cops we're good. Yes, Frederick City cops were legit. Frederick County Sheriff's Office, completely unprofessional. The rumor mill that I've heard, Sean, is that our encounters at the at the courthouse there in Frederick with the Sheriff's Office have now, those, those videos and recordings have now been used for training for all of the deputies because of good. how much they screwed up. Yeah, stay away from these two guys. Sean, have you been arrested in the context of younger, protesting? I got arrested, skinny dipping in my own pool, um, a lot of BS stuff that got dismissed. Um, I mean, we've all done younger. that. Well, I can't say I've ever skinny dipped. I don't, mm, I may. Lifeguard chicks let me in, and we were totally hammered in my defense, but I was only 18, so they didn't believe I was a homeowner in the community. That was at the Spring Ridge pool. It was in the middle of the day, too. It was horrible. Day drinking escapade, the lifeguard staff. I think it was over the summer between my fr freshman and sophomore year of college, and I was at home back in Hagerstown where I grew up. I was sort of halfway dating this girl. I don't think I've ever told this story before. I don't even think I told my wife. When uh -oh. I get upstairs, when I go upstairs, no, she'll think she might think it's funny or not. I don't know. But are you familiar with Beaver Creek or that area around? Yeah, I own property in Beaver Creek. Okay, so up in Beaver Creek, there's the Beaver Creek Country Club. I remember we jumped in the pool. I don't know if we 
we were uh, fully unclothed, but we went at like two o'clock in the morning and jumped the fence, got in the pool, I think just to say that we did it. And that was to the extent of my youthful skinny dipping. So I don't even think I technically skinny dip, but it was still fun nonetheless. And I don't think I've ever told that story before. I just remember it. I won't tell you who the girl is because it doesn't matter. It and, was, and then then Kim would really be mad. <laughs> well, she. <laughs> yes. Thing you've forgotten about her. You don't even remember her name. Practice that line, Ryan. I couldn't agree more. When you are standing out and you're holding your sign, you're you're recognizable. You've been in the news a number of times. What is the reaction when you're standing outside? Do you get some people who flip you off and yell out the window at you, and then yes. other people honk their horns and give you the thumbs up? 75% positive, 25% um, negative, and that's just people that react. That's not counting the people that see it, make up their mind, and keep driving and mind their business. But 75% thumbs up and honking, and then 25% Karens yelling at me about, you know, my two-year-old just saw your sign and I'm like, your two-year-old can't read, you know, shut up, leave me alone. You know, I get people throwing stuff at me and I'm, I'm behind a giant billboard that's four foot by eight foot, it's the size of a sheet of drywall. And I just use it as a shield. I've had apple cores thrown at me, cans, beer cans, soda cans. It's pretty funny. I actually well, they, enjoy it. Excuse um, me, if they're throwing balls, beer cans, then that's a, that'd be, you know, drinking, that's a crime. Yeah, yeah, well, like, for them. Obviously, it seems like you take it in stride that it's, you understand that what you're doing is controversial. However, you know that there could be some blowback. Have you ever been attacked? Yeah, multiple times. Basically, when someone's coming at me, I can tell in about 10 seconds if I need to pull my phone out and record them and laugh at them, or if I need to prepare to defend myself and throw down my giant SMD sign and get ready to be attacked. And what happens is, is I'm standing there. All I can see is my head, my hat, and my feet. And then when I throw the billboard out of the way and they see my whole body and I get in position to attack, I'm six foot, 260 pounds, depending on the time of year, sometimes 280. And um, when they realize that I'm not like a little kid and I'm absolutely going to stand my ground, and they say, oh, I'm just here to talk. And that's when I'm like, no, you're not. Come here and you know do what you were going to do. Come on. And then they're like, oh, no, I'm fine, you know. Uh, your science offensive. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Moving on now. Get out of here. And um, I have one video of a drunk guy that came up in Mount Airy. It's named Uncle Creepy. And the guy just starts ranting and cussing at me about my cuss words on the sign. And I'm just laughing because this guy is cussing about cuss words on a sign. So well, if he was so Sean, concerned about... Sean, tell us more about Joe Biden visiting Mount Airy. <laughs> it wasn't Joe Biden visiting Mount Airy. It was just some deranged guy that was sent over by Mayor uh, Pat Rockenberg or whatever his name is um, to try to run me off. He sent two people out that day to try to run me off after the uh, officer, um, Adam Long, was unsuccessful at convincing me to leave. Um, I stayed there for like, I don't know, eight hours. And um, he sent two different thugs to try to run me off. The one guy was so inebriated, he, he could barely walk and he was flailing around the whole time. I videotaped him. The other guy charged at me like he was going to fight. And then when I threw my sign down and got ready to attack him in, in return and defend myself, you know, then all of a sudden it was, oh, I'm just here to talk. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you just realize that you're about to get it, and now you don't want it. And I understand that. Don't go saying you just wanted to talk when you charged at me like a puppy. But it, it happens a lot, and I don't really care. And I'll, I'll take an ass whooping if I have to. It wouldn't be the first time. won't be the last time. And um, quite frankly, I stand for free speech. And if you disagree with my free speech, Feel free to whoop my ass, uh, but I, I'm not going to care about it while it's happening. And I will absolutely defend myself as good as my 42-year-old bones can handle, but uh, it, it won't be an easy fight, I can assure you. 
I, you know, I drive in Beltway traffic. I drive in Virginia a lot. I have a, a teenage son. <laughs> Believe me, I'm very pumped up. I'd like to ask you a little bit more about your professional life because if you hold this, I keep that. I keep that pretty private. I'm well, I, and you don't have to go into it, but I was going to say yeah. is that I'm guessing that you're in some type of job where you have to work for you're almost working for yourself in some capacity because a lot of employers might find this to be a little dubious and suspect i don't comment on what i do for work or don't do for work or anything like that but i can assure well, you that how, um, how about how about this sean was your was your business impacted by all of the covid lockdowns can't really get into that okay. I, I can't really talk about anything that i do outside of the sign stuff or my personal life anything professional related has to be confidential and the reason being is um, i have enemies like sheriff jenkins who like to try to target me any way that they possibly can and um it's funny because they will actually post on facebook things they're trying to do to me trying to get me fired trying to get this trying to find out where my house is where where my vehicles are and and someone should go slash his tires while he's down the street with a stupid sign then he'll never come back because God knows they don't make tires anymore. It's it's something where I'm not going to give information to people attempting to do me. Yeah. What, what I heard is that you're actually one of the first colonizers of Mars. And that I actually am. There. It's funny. I'm in that's, a major real estate development deal with Elon Musk and Donald Trump. That's what I heard. Okay, got it. So you're a yep. Martian. Absolutely. 100%. So if anybody wants to go and slash his tires, hijack a SpaceX rocket and head to the red planet. The head lunar rover, you know, with the Trump 2020 bumper sticker, That that's have you been asked in the past or when you're out protesting or at least by some of the officers or in, in a general context, what's the point of all of this? Oh, God, if you have to look at a sign like that and ask me what my point is, it's pretty clear. I'm a reprobate who likes foul language, and I like to show it off on gigantic billboards when I'm extremely aggravated and impacted by a politician who's acting in what I feel is an unlawful manner, which I feel... Both Jan Gardner and, of course, Larry Hogan did. Now, some of my previous political signs from, you know, like 2014 and 15 were like Keith Richards for president in 2016, you know, from the Rolling Stones. You know, it's like more like comical and whatnot. That's pretty this mild the, comparably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No cuss words even on those signs. Basically, when I stand out there, people at first, you know, they were like, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's how I feel. And, you know, people are like trying to buy me food and give me money. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm planning on being here all day. I'm ready to go. Thank you for your support. And, you know, a lot of people didn't get it because they're government workers. Their check is secure. Uh, people who are not government workers who were furloughed, laid off, put on unemployment were, were practically giving me hugs and kisses. I have typically groupies that will stop and, and stand out there with me for hours at a time just to talk to me and hang out with me and, and wave at cars and stuff next to the sign it's happened everywhere from the boardwalk to mount airy maryland i had seven people in mount airy maryland at one point in time i had two teenagers they were like 19 and 18 grab my sign and do all my protesting for me and i just sat back and talked to someone else and even videotaped them for a period of time because they were having so much fun uh protesting the governor's lockdown that was back in uh, i believe it was the last week of august or the first week of september in mount airy are you planning any future protest are you going to continue with holding signs throughout the state i don't have a lot of time for holding signs i'll be honest with you i i pretty much retired from the larry hogan jan gardner signs you know they serve their purpose i did three <laughs> times as much jan gardner protesting as i plan to do because she came after me as you well know which we'll talk about at some point here when you bring it up you know i'm not going to go out there and protest joe biden he protests himself when he opens his mouth or falls down some stairs i can't help make him look any worse than he already does you know for me to go out there with a foul language sign 
I have to be pretty convicted. It has to be a deep, heartfelt conviction for me. And the lockdown issues are deteriorating by the day as, as everything's lifted. You know, I, yeah, I get millions of views or whatever and have 15,000 subscribers, but I'm not monetized and um, just not my thing. I, I did it for a cause. The cause is pretty much over. Um, I don't think I'll be protesting Biden. If anything, I would protest Sheriff Jenkins for false statements this guy continuously makes about me, even though I've never met him except for when I was questioning him on the stand at circuit court in uh, uh, September of 2017 at a defamation trial. Tell us about that, and what's the genesis of your beef with Frederick County Sheriff Chuck Jenkins, who, by the way, is a— I voted for him twice. Cons- yeah, I mean, he's a conservative Republican. And I he- regret my vote for him, too. What's the the issue that you him. have with him? Okay, so look, long story short is the guy is just not honest. And I've dealt with him only by phone, and he's always double-talked, and, and just he, he's just out there trying to please his voting constituents or people he hopes to win over. And if that means throwing one person with a gigantic Keith Richards for president sign under the bus when it comes to an HOA attacking that person's First Amendment rights on private property, there's no restrictions about political signs, then then so be it. He doesn't mind screwing people over and violating their civil rights if it benefits him politically. And honestly, it's just the stuff I've heard about him. I actually met his field training officer who trained him as a rookie. And uh, this guy's old and retired, and he couldn't stop saying enough bad things about Sheriff Jenkins. And and that was just Do you have a phone number for us? <laughs> His name is Jackson or Washington. I forget which one, but he is a big dude. He's old. He's retired. He's doing truck driving on the side for, to keep him busy and out of the house. Uh, so he told me. The next time I see him, I will attempt to get his information if you wanted to wadir him about his experiences with Chuck Jenkins. What happened with the defamation suit in 2017? Were you sued? No, I sued an individual. Um, basically what happened is um, I had moved into Lake Linganore in 2009 when my I got full custody of my son. I had to move from Cincinnati, Ohio, basically all of a sudden to get full custody from my son. Uh, who was left without his mother because um, she's just not she just was not a, a good parent at the time and i had to take full custody like that so i in the middle of the night drove all my stuff out moved to lake Linganore, and i lived there without problems and then a new general manager moved and started harassing the heck out of everybody including me and i was renting that particular property at the time and um the guy basically harassed me about having pet bunny rabbits for my kid claimed that they were commercial livestock which is a violation of the covenants. Uh, obviously, a domesticated pet rabbit that produces no milk or eggs or whatever, Cadbury eggs, uh, is, is certainly not commercial livestock. So he tried to come after us for that. He tried to come after us for how my son put the, the trash out at the curb. This is in 2014. So then he sends the security force, uh, Denise de Pisa, in a security truck to take Photographs of my 11-year-old child who I was homeschooling at the time, putting the trash out inappropriately by putting a trash bag next to the trash can um, or putting an extra one on top of the trash can instead of them all the bags being in uh, an approved trash can and taking pictures of my kid doing yard work. And when I contacted him, he said not only would he not stop her from taking pictures of my child doing yard work, he was going to continue. He also made some other comments that I'm not going to repeat. But long story short, I then went to the Frederick County Fair to the Republican Party tent, and I got um, every political person I liked. I got Blaine Young stuff. I got No Jan, uh, like the circle with a line through it from Dan Gardner, a whole bunch of those. 
and, and I said I had all these properties I was going to put them at. Really, I just put them all in the front yard of this, this house in Woodridge in the nicest neighborhood of uh, Lake Minor because I had read the covenants from, from front to back, and I looked for every loophole, and I found that there was no regulation on political signs. You know, they couldn't do anything about it. So I put all these political signs everywhere. I let them blow around like tumbleweeds, and it was just a Republican nightmare because it's Sheriff Jenkins for a sheriff, and it's like flying in the tree in the winds. And it, it, the yard looked horrible. I still have a picture of it. And so the HOA went completely insane, and they actually sent John Alamang, the, the president of the board of directors, a non-paid position. He came and stole all my political signs in front of my 11-year-old son. My 11-year-old son had to chase this 50-year-old man who's a dentist off of my property while he's dragging all these political signs and throwing them in his little SUV and taking off. Uh, that's known as theft. Uh, the sheriff's department refused to prosecute, refused to investigate, even though they had an eyeball witness to the guy could identify his, his little uh, teal-colored SUV with a license plate that said, like, uh, schnauzer or something for his dog. And then uh, after that, I went and said, you know what? Screw it. I went to a sign company that I've been dealing with for forever, and I had him make up a No Obama sign, a Keith Richards for President sign, and then an A-team sign with the entire A-team on it that said, repeal O'Malley's gun laws. And, um, like, I also had a sign that said, like, uh, a big circle with a line through it, and it said, no Montgomery County douchebags, stop urban sprawl. And it was a joke, because I'm from Montgomery County, but people don't see that. Like, they're just, like, blinded by their rage, and because the word douchebags was on it. And uh, so the HOA came and had a sheriff's deputy put me under duress on the porch of my own property while the HOA members, and I have this on video, while the HOA people stole all of my gigantic billboards and no trespassing signs that I had put up after my first batch was stolen. And then I put, uh, you know, the, the cop held me there and I couldn't, I wasn't free to leave my own porch to stop these thieves. After it happened, the sheriff's department then applied for criminal charges against the general manager when they found out that he had lied and he had no legal right to, to remove political signs and that it wasn't in the covenants, that he was just making this stuff up. He didn't have a court order, which is what he would need to seize private property, like a writ of eleven or a writ of execution or something to that extent. And um, so long story short, then the HOA, they agreed to give the signs back. So then like, you know, calm down and kind of like, all right, they're going to stop messing with me or whatever. And then periodically they would mess with me about having offensive garden notes using a covenant called noxious and offensive things, which is designed to keep beekeepers and blacksmiths from having migrating fumes or, or uh, hives of bees that are like attacking neighbors. And so they miss it. They miss misused it and said it, it also meant anything that they found noxious or offensive not volatile organic chemicals but garden gnomes from walmart in this particular instance three foot ones yes that i got just to trigger the karens in the neighborhood pink flamingos it looked ridiculous most people liked it and then there was the 25 percent that would freak out and complain and take pictures of my uh, flamingos or what have you but after that point everything was kind of fine with the hoa and the guy next door who had bought his house while looking at my property with all these signs all over it, knowing full well what was there, he moved in and immediately started complaining. Started, you know, slandering me, saying horrible things. And it ended up getting to the point where they called Fox News out, and this guy's ranting about how, you know, I'm, I'm a racist because a black neighbor moved in next door. And he lied. He said that I pulled guns on his construction workers. Well, he's a Walmart security guard, so he doesn't have subcontractors. He, he, he claimed that they remodeled his bathroom in one day. This is a, a major, major tile bathroom. So long story short is I was on the news. Um, Fox News had to delete almost every every single bit of the content that was on there. They had to take down a video 
because I sued his ass in, in Frederick County District Court. Chuck Jenkins was called as a witness. Chuck Jenkins proved my case for me, even though he was supposed to support this Dante guy, Dante Balde, B-A-L-D-E-H. So then that, that guy, he's getting sued. It ended up being 17 different court appearances. We ended up going through the circuit court. It was an all-day trial. I think there were 11 witnesses called. Judge Scott Raleigh presided. It was determined that everything Dante had said on the news, on Fox News, was a complete lie. But he said some guy at home, he told me the information. And then he blamed some of the information on his son. Oh, my son told me that. So I thought it was true. And because this man believed the information was true, he was allowed to go on the news and lie. Now, the news had to take all the stuff down. So that's been removed. I still, nevertheless, had an all-day trial. And Chuck Jenkins, I questioned the hell out of him. And that guy told me I had no criminal record, no history of violence, no guns, didn't own guns, never pulled a gun on anyone. They never got calls of anything violent about me. All they got calls about were signs they didn't like. You know, they basically ran me out of the neighborhood because the, they started attacking the business of the guy who owned the house that I was renting. And they came after him and his business and his family so hard posting stuff, bad reviews, fake reviews, going after his company that he begged me to move. And I was like, fine, I will move. But I'd actually been haunting Jenkins. I put my pickup truck in the yard and I wrote, I heart Jenkins on the side of my pickup truck and painted smiley faces with uh, fake snow. They had these cops, you know, constantly you know, the property for more signs coming. But long story short, um, that's when I learned that Sheriff Chuck Jenkins would say one thing, do another. Um, he, he basically had lied to the news and it's the exact opposite of circuit court and redeemed my my good name, so to speak, by uh, rebutting all the false statements that were made by this, this idiot neighbor. And of course, Jenkins at the time, repeating what the idiot neighbor had told him. So I have a history of Jenkins not being truthful. That gentleman actually lost all of his witnesses. No one wanted to come to the last trial circuit court, which was the most important. And what ended up happening was uh, he has all these surveillance cameras. And I had long since moved out of the neighborhood. And in order to gain sympathy, he staged a hate crime against himself where someone slashed three of his tires with a knife on his video. And the person was clearly not me. He then tells the cops, oh, that's that's Sean Porter. The cops call me. I have Mark Ward set up an interview. Cop takes one look at me and says, yeah, that's not you. And then I had receipts to prove where I was when it happened, that I didn't drive somebody there. So it was immediately proven that it was false. Well, that cost me $600. So I then filed a lawsuit against that gentleman in defamation of character because he was knowingly, because this guy was bald, didn't match my description at all. He did this out of revenge, and he did this right before trial, just to scare me and then to get attention for himself. But sure enough, Chuck Jenkins, who previously said he was done, he was never coming to one of these Dante trials again. Sure enough, he showed up and 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 was my ended up being my star witness because Dante was a horrible attorney. He represented himself, and I mean the guy he didn't object to a single uh, improper question. So I just I just ran ragged on the guy. I mean I was asking compound questions and <laughs> smiling while doing it. The judge knew I was doing it on purpose, and he he didn't object to anything. Long story short, Jenkins has proven himself to be less than truthful. I just don't trust the guy. And then after uh, a while, I did these protests and I honestly didn't have any problems with my Larry Hogan protest at all with the sheriff's department. Uh, they had come over, they were very professional and they, they said, look, can you please just do it somewhere else. You know, kids could be here. I'm like, I'm near an industrial park by the airport. Kids could be anywhere. They could also see someone hit by a car, someone ODing on drugs. You know, why don't you worry about violent crime and drugs in the county, all these opiate deaths, rather than some guy with a sign. And um, so I had no issues really with them protesting at all. I made a couple videos and never posted them because, you know, they, they look great. And the sheriff's department was fine. But then when the Jan Gardner thing happened, 
you know, Sheriff Jenkins, he came out of the woodwork and backstabbed me yet again. So you made a Jan Gardner sign. Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I remember the sign. And then you, so, because you described this process earlier, where, yeah. like, when you went to Annapolis, before you go and protest, so you went through that same steps with Jan Gardner, correct? Yes, correct. What I did is I hadn't even made a Jan Gardner sign. And quite frankly, the Jan Gardner sign was not cheap. It was also a rush job, which made it even more not cheap. I had contacted Jan Gardner, which is my right to do under my right to petition, uh, redress of grievances, yada, 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 First Amendment protected. I contacted her on a, a county email. I said very clearly, look, end the lockdown by Friday. It's because I was going out drinking, and I didn't want last call to be at 930. I'm like, end the lockdown by Friday. I don't make a sign, and I don't go protest you for extending the lockdown, even though Larry Hogan lifted it. This is all BS. You know it. And I called her certain choice words. That's what I just, that's what I feel that she is. So I use these choice words in the email and I was very clear. I said, I will protest you in front of your house and at other locations within Frederick County to let my political opinions be known. It couldn't be more of a lawful email full of expletive deletives. Um, but you know, that's first amendment, free speech. Well, then the next day I contacted uh, Dave only at County Roads, Frederick County Highway Division. And I was looking at locations in Linganore, asking where public right-of-ways were. And then I asked him about um, Jan Gardner's house. I gave him the address and, and the street, and, and he showed me where I could stand, where I couldn't stand, uh, who maintained what, whether the HOA had any say over everything. He went over everything. He was great, good guy. And apparently he was concerned, and he let Jan Gardner know that and now I was protest her. So and Sheriff Chuck Jenkins went to a peace order hearing and got a temporary peace order to keep me away from her office, which is a government building, which is where I should rightfully protest a government official who's doing things using the government to harm me and to harm my drinking schedule. And, um, you know, precluded me from doing so. But as far as in front of her house, I wasn't restricted at all. I read the peace order and I just want to jump in and, and ask you with respect to the peace order, there are several statutes within a Maryland peace order that one must meet in order to qualify for one. The difference between a protective order and a peace order are, one is a domestic related with the protective order, and a peace order, of course, is between two people who aren't living together or who aren't in a relationship, and that's the route that they took, but you still have to meet certain statutes within that that include harassment or uh, it could be stalking, it could be a number of elements that they one would have to meet. However, as you describe it, in your opinion, and obviously I wasn't there when she was when when the county executive had requested this. Either you go before a district court magistrate, or you have to go through um, a judge and you apply for this. When peace orders or protective orders are first initiated, you have to go to a, a hearing where a judge hears it ex parte. These peace orders and protective orders are given out. It's very rare that one is not given out unless it's completely fallacious, unless it's if somebody writes a 16-page diatribe about someone else that has no context or relevance, then they're not given out. Or they could go to a different county and change their story. Jurisdiction uh, shopping, they call that. We've seen it happen before. <laughs> yeah, I know all about jurisdiction job. You still have to meet the statute, and judges are hard-pressed in most cases to sign off on these protective orders or peace orders because they simply don't want to be the judge that 
allows someone to, you know, in the off chance that you did something or someone else did something to them, this order was in place. They don't want to be the guy. And it's a lot of times for political reasons. And I mean this because we've seen this happen. We've I understand the system. Did the county executive, in your opinion, she's not here. Obviously, we wouldn't hope at some point to talk to her. In your opinion. <laughs> she will not talk to me. She doesn't talk to the press. That's but, the best joke of the night. It is. Still our obligation to ask, what is it that she included inside of her application for a peace order that you believe was granted? Chuck Jenkins was utilized as an expert witness to give his expert opinion based on zero actual facts. So they used him as their evidence, even though the email clearly proved that I was going to engage in a constitutionally protected act of petitioning the government for redress of grievances, specifically in front of Jan Gardner's house with a gigantic eat my ass billboard. Um, Is that what it said? Eat my ass. Eat my ass, Jan, comma, stupid cunt. And then at the bottom it said, may God cure your anal herpes. I've oh. later been informed there's no such thing. Good luck with that, Jan. Hope you get that cleared up. But uh, apparently it doesn't exist. That's tough, it, man. It sounded funny. Oof. So. <laughs> it's colorful. And I added actually extra language because of this peace order thing, because as soon as I got served this peace order, two things happened. One, sheriff's deputy said, oh, no, in front of her house, you can go there. But the best place is Spring Ridge Parkway and um, Ridgefield uh, Drive. So he told me the crossroads is the best intersection, and I used to own a townhouse up there. So I agreed with him, and I went there, and it was much, much more, more volume of traffic. So that's where I ended up doing my Spring Ridge protest. And I was there for seven and a half hours and 27 degrees with flurries wearing snowmobile gear, running back and forth across the uh, crosswalk to stay warm. The cops even said I wasn't allowed to do that, even though I was most definitely allowed to do that, especially even the county attorney agreed when I spoke to him um, at the first peace order hearing. Um, but long story short, uh, Jenkins was cited as the expert, and he claimed that I had a propensity to violence. But and you Jenkins don't, though. You don't. Zero you... evidence. Zero evidence at all, other than he doesn't like my political signs. Yeah. And I feel that, though he was trying to say it was his opinion, I feel that he was um, abusing the process, and I feel that he abused his office. And I just, I feel that, you know, he he's coming across as an expert when he's not. He's not an expert on Sean Porter. He doesn't know anything about me. Just a little fun fact about Maryland law. So elected representatives cannot testify in court unless they receive a subpoena. Okay, that, that's, that's how the law works. If they are testifying in their official capacity, the government of which they, the part of government that they represent has to have the ability to prevent them from testifying. If that wasn't the case, the clerk of the court, Sandy Dalton, would have already testified against Judge Adams and she'd be she'd be impeached from office. Sheriff Jenkins was never subpoenaed to go and testify. You can't subpoena somebody for a temporary well, peace order here. Let me back up and ask a process question. Was Sheriff Jenkins, did he attend the ex parte hearing? Yeah, yes. yeah, he did. He, oh, okay. he was the one that gave testimony saying, and he chose his words extremely carefully because he knows exactly what it's like to be on the stand with me questioning him. And I can assure you he's not going to like it because I have a standing... I have a second defamation of character lawsuit against Sheriff Jenkins for disseminating false information through an intermediary on a Facebook page uh, in Frederick County. Uh, completely false and defamatory. It was the post was taken down, but no retraction was issued. I filed suit. I'm seeking five thousand in, in pain and suffering for all my uh, anguish and whatnot. Look at the gray hairs, extra gray hairs, and all that. So Jenkins will be sitting across from me yet again as a defendant because he's cited as a source 
of giving defamatory information, again, about my Lake Lingenor political signs. Um, you know, Keith Richards for president and, and defund Planned Parenthood and the A-team sign and all those other signs. So he gave, allegedly gave false information to this guy, Fred Profiter, who then disseminated it on the Frederick County Conservative Club Incorporated official Facebook page. So I'm suing the Frederick County Conservative Club Incorporated, Fred Profiter, and Sheriff Chuck Jenkins. So they're all three defendants. I know all uh, three of them, Eric. Well, Fred Profiter and... is, is, he's the registered owner of the Frederick County Conservative Club. So he's, he's going to represent the Frederick County Conservative Club and, of course, himself. And then there's Chuck Jenkins, the source, the alleged source of the defamatory information. Uh, and we're going to find out exactly who said what, and that's what the court is for, to straighten everything out and, and to get a resolution. Let me ask you another follow-up question about the the peace order. It was dismissed by the county executive. As fast as they possibly could. Why do you think that she dismissed it? Because they didn't want to end up in federal court. And you would have taken as it there. Blunt as possible. Yeah, Absolutely. Sean, who, who, is representing, who is representing the county attorney? in that hearing who's representing the county executive the county executive used the county attorney brian black b-r-y-o-n black in order to get the peace order he actually coached them along during the peace order hearing if you were able to listen to the transcripts which i posted on my youtube channel um you can actually listen to him coaxing them along so you feel you know he's leading them down the primrose path jan gardner's just like i i don't like this. it's sean porter we're talking about here it's, it's sean porter she kept saying it's sean porter like like that's supposed to mean something like it's the boogeyman or something i'm a guy that puts up signs that some people disagree with Ooh, free speech it's a motherfucker but you know what the county uh, attorney went there county funds paid for this uh train wreck jan gardner should have never been entitled to such relief there was no statutory basis for the, the temporary relief that was granted and it ended up lasting a month because no judge in Frederick County would hear the case. They had to bring in a traveling judge from the Eastern Shore, I believe, to hear the case. So what happened is, is because the case was going to be dismissed, they didn't need to inconvenience this poor guy and bring him in from Salisbury or wherever. It was just summarily dismissed. You know, he showed up and said, we're dismissing it and we consent to shielding and we want to get the hell out of here. And then, of course... He fled the courtroom as fast as he could and wouldn't answer your questions uh, there, Eric. I did actually attend the uh, the hearing, um, and I did ask uh, Brian Black m multiple questions. First off, he refused to even identify himself as a county employee. From the journalist perspective, I think that the biggest story here is that Jan Gardner used county taxpayer dollars to go after a protester. I think that's the largest part of the story. I can't get any answers on that. This, to me, is a private matter. You protested in, some, in front of someone's house. She filed a protective order, not as Jan Gardner, or rather a peace order, not as Jan Gardner, the county executive, but rather Jan Gardner, the citizen. And I know it's hard to distinguish between the two, but still, I don't see how the county would be able to use their attorney as opposed to Jan Gardner hiring a private attorney to handle this matter on her behalf. I want to understand why it was a, a county attorney, how much money they spent on taking this to court and then ultimately dismissing it. I think that is a, a legitimate concern for taxpayers is why this happened. It costs money to file a peace order. So Actually, spent... it, the fees are waived if it's a temporary peace order is granted in Maryland. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah, good to know. Yeah. I, I, I have somebody I need to file one against. I thought I'd have to shell out the money. So that's just good <laughs> if information If it gets denied, you're responsible for sheriff's service process fees related to it. I see. I learn something every day, too. Well, the funny thing was, is the sheriff that served me gave me pointers, tips, asked me about the sign, was laughing his fucking ass off. I was showing him all my different signs, you know, stuff I'd done in the past, my Trump truck, my Trump uh, sign that I, 
I have that I've used on one of my protests in Mount Airy. You know, it was a good time. The sheriff's, you know, look, I have one video that makes the sheriff look really bad. The, sh the sheriff deputy involved because he didn't know the law. He didn't really know what was going on. He did the best job he could. I'm very confrontational and belligerent. He got all stumbled up on his words and he just kept repeating the same wrong answer. So he looked really bad on camera until he just walked away. He was like, I'm done with this. You know, he's very upset. He's, I'm sure he's a great guy and all that, but you know, it just looked bad. That's why it's on YouTube. When they look good, they're, they're not on YouTube. Um, but I really never had much of a problem with sheriff deputies. They've mostly been good, except for when they harassed my buddy Eric Beasley at the courthouse. And I, I, when I saw that video, that's when I knew I had to come and protest next to you at the courthouse with my sign uh, the next day. And I sent a letter, an email to Jenkins, letting him know that if any of the deputies came anywhere near us while we were protesting, that I was going to moon every single one of those deputies and videotape it and put it on my YouTube channel <laughs> because mooning was First Amendment protected freedom of expression. And both Maryland District Court and Maryland Circuit Court have upheld that. And the U.S. Supreme Court decided that in 1983. You're allowed to moon anyone you want. It's freedom of expression. As long as you don't show anything from the front side, you're good to go. In, in fact, boobs are even legal in Maryland because of the whole breastfeeding thing. So you can actually show your boobs. It's not a decent exposure in Maryland. I For think all the that, ladies out there under under 35, over 35, no, it's a I'll, decent I'll, exposure. I'll take the ones over 35. It, yeah, it, it's all you, buddy. Eric and Sean, it brings up a valid point that in ex parte hearings, again, anyone can say anything they want in the hearings. It doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. It simply is heard before a, a district court, either a magistrate, someone like an administrator. They're judges in district court. It's after hours. These are tools that are very powerful and potent in our legal system that can be used and are used responsibly in many cases. In other cases, that these tools can be used to to really harm someone. You have, even if it is dismissed, you still have to go through the mess and bother of getting it shielded, and it can be a hassle. I guess I'm just trying to figure out what it is that you truly did for her to make to make that decision to approach that. Maybe she wanted your behavior to stop. Why not come out and say, hey, listen, do you mind not doing that in front of my house? What would you have said to that? I'm a very reasonable person, even though my signs are 100% to the contrary. The thing is, the Frederick County Conservative Club had already broken ground by protesting in front of Jan Gardner's house for the entire day, banging pots and pans together. That was Fred Proctor, which is, that's over the top. I mean, you know, yes. Oh, oh, I, 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 need, I need to take this, Sean. I need to take this, okay? This, this is another serious issue that I have with this whole case. So Fred Proctor, president of the Frederick County Conservative Club, is has been a very close political ally of Sheriff Jenkins since I got involved in politics eight years ago. So one of the things that really bothers me about this is that when Sean over here goes and protests in the same way that the Frederick County Conservative Club does, he gets a peace order and Sheriff Jenkins testifies against him for that peace order. Yet Jan Gardner did not take any legal action against Fred Profiter or any of the other members of the Frederick County Conservative Club. You can actually see them in their posted videos trespassing onto her property, banging pots of pans, doing all of this, and Sheriff Jenkins was silent. Hypocrisy level has to be mentioned. Which is more threatening, banging pots of pans and walking onto somebody's yard while you're protesting, or a giant sign. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous because I, I said, look, I'm going to make a sign just like the, the Larry Hogan sign that she despised so much. And I know that she despised so much because I know she, she told somebody that I know that she despised the sign and she had mentioned it before. Long story short, she didn't want the sign there. She abused the process thinking that she could scare me away. 
wrong. I started three days earlier. I protested three times instead of one time. And I protested for longer than I normally do. And I actually made the sign worse and more offensive. I just added a random four, like end the Jan Gardner lockdown. And then it just says comma four <laughs> for no reason. It made it even funnier when people read it. I mean, people were just dying laughing at the sign, taking their pictures with it. And they, they loved it. But um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been as bad if she left me alone and, and maybe said like I'm ending the lockdown on March 15, whatever day she ended up you know letting her stuff expire from you know if she had said something like that I, maybe I would have been like oh well, I can wait another like four days or whatever because it was literally days after my protest in Spring Ridge that she let her executive order keeping the bars closed expire and I take full responsibility for that F O O L responsibility the sign did it no, nothing else not all the other people who called in complaining it was just my offensive sign I, i'd like to think that but I, i'm sure it had nothing to do with anything i don't think the sign was all that it was fun for me i made a good video or two i got it i got attacked by a woman in front of roy rogers she turned out to be the manager of roy rogers she tried to grab my phone and ended up turning the, the recording off and and then she she was hitting me with her butt i mean it was weird <laughs> I've had a lot of fun getting abused by the elderly uh, ladies in, in the county, but uh, so she was trying to give you anal warts. That's what you're saying. Yeah, no, I guess anal herpes. Yeah, anal herpes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there I don't you know go. what they are. How you get them? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they don't exist. I've been told that they don't exist, uh, but it sure is fun to have on the bottom of the sign because when people read it and they, <laughs> you can just see them bust out laughing and then they start taking the pictures and blocking traffic, you know, cause they're stopping to take their photos. And I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of fun and yeah, some people get offended, but you know what? Grow up, like go to DC and watch someone OD on heroin on the corner in Southeast or someone gets shot to death. Really? Come on. This is the worst you're going to have your kids. The worst they're going to see is a bad word. They probably hear every day in, in public school. It's just ridiculous. When they start pulling that crap on me, I'm just like, our kids can't read. And, uh, and then they get all offended that their three-year-old or two-year-old that they're referencing is alleged not to be able to read. Well, I didn't read until I was like five. So I know damn well when you got a two- or three-year-old, they're not reading a sign, and they sure as hell don't know what it is. Well, and most kids are reading are, are playing with iPads instead of looking out the window. Everyone's parenting style is different. I know that our kids, even five, six, seven years ago, we were watching full reruns of The Sopranos on HBO Max. Now my 17-year-old son is constantly watching YouTube clips and loves to relay old Sopranos throwaway lines. The point I'm trying to make is, is that kids hear a lot of stuff. Yes, if it is offensive on a sign, I get it. The crux of what I want someone to take away, the, the main lesson from this podcast, and every podcast that we do should have a underlying theme to it, is that you may find Sean's signs to be ridiculous, offensive, disgusting, whatever adjective you want to use, but it's still important nonetheless that in this country, you have the fundamental right to do that because that's what makes our America America. You may not like it, but still, you have an inalienable right to stand out in front of the governor's mansion and to hold that sign, and he doesn't have to look at it, he doesn't have to read it, he doesn't have to like it, he can ignore it. Okay, I saw the sign, I saw this guy on the side of Route 50 and on the shore, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to think any more of it. We choose as human beings to get upset over something or not. They choose to offend themselves. Talking to you tonight, I glean that you're a reasonable person. You have strong convictions, your held beliefs, and you've chosen to express those beliefs in a way that many people may feel uncomfortable doing. But nonetheless, you're still doing it in a legal way. You're not threatening anyone. You're not infringing on someone's personal space. You're holding up a sign that they don't like. 
and it's offensive and it's rude, but you're not shouting fire in a crowded theater. There's a big difference. And I just ask people to touch up on the First Amendment. It's, it's, a, beauti- it's a beautiful thing. We, we have to remember that the same government that is, you know, that complains about somebody like Sean Sign, that's the same government that filed an injunction to stop NWA from performing Fuck the Police in oh. Los Angeles. Okay. And two live crew. Yes. So and in the USA. It's the same same government that tried to prevent uh, an Asian punk rock band from being named the Slants. <laughs> okay. Like so I remember that. I remember yeah, that suit. Yeah. That was a that and Cato filed a, an amazing amnesty. Yeah. But we have the right to say what we want and if it offends you, you have the right to not listen or not read it or go somewhere else. If Sean came on my personal property and held a sign that was discriminatory or that was nasty or rude. There's a difference between walking onto someone's private property, because that is your own domain in this country. There's a major difference between that action and standing in a public right-of-way or on a public sidewalk or in front of a courthouse. I understand that police officers feel when they approach you that receiving phone calls and they're dispatched to that I'm sure that's the last thing that they want to do. I'm sure they've asked you, hey, what are you doing out here? What's And I think that goes to another lesson that people should be aware that they have these civil liberties, you know, a pain in the ass to police if you exercise your civil liberties. In the state of Maryland, you do not have to identify yourself to a police officer on the side of the street. If a police officer stops you and says, hey, I want to see your ID, you don't have to show them your ID. Yeah, I never you, do. Yeah, yeah, you just give them the middle finger. This is my ID. That's I, I don't do that. I'm a bit more polite, but I absolutely will not violate my own Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, if they don't have RAS that I committed a crime, I'm in the process of committing a crime, I'm going to commit a crime, a crime is put, uh, I don't have any legal reason to um, give them ID. And for anybody who doesn't know what RA, it's reasonable, articulable suspicion. And I would encourage you to Google it. You can Google it, or if you find maybe you've taken a, a law or a constitutional law class, there's dozens of Supreme Court precedents, Terry v. Ohio. Look at these important Supreme Court cases because these cases cemented the heart and soul of what our country is all about. It makes you a good citizen to understand how to exercise with responsibility your civil liberties. And you can do it in a way, and Sean, I've seen you do it in a way that you're not rude to the police officers. You're, you're, and I've seen many of your videos, you're not antagonistic to them. You simply, and expressly, you tell them that you're not interested in speaking with them. You flex your civil liberties, but you're not a jerk about it. We've, I've seen multiple videos. I stay up late at night sometimes watching Fourth Amendment, the traffic stop, border stops. I love watching those because I've learned something from each one of those. But I, I see that you've exercised your rights in a responsible way, even though people are critical of your signs. I think this, is, this podcast is important because it talks about a lot of big issues, these First Amendment issues. I encourage anybody, as I just said, go take a look at a textbook, a constitutional law course, You can find free courses, YouTube, wherever. Better educate yourself on how to flex your civil liberties, how to talk to police officers, to understand what you as an American citizen are entitled to. It's important for all of us to understand those facts. Finally, Sean, where can we find your YouTube page? What is it? What's the name of it? And how can we get to it? It's Mr. Porter, and it's spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R, and then Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R. And it is just, there's like 40 videos of interactions with officers that didn't go quite so well. In the end, they all respected the Constitution, although it took some haranguing and some supervisor calls to to figure it out. Um, You know, they always want to arrest the person that's 
causing them to have to leave Dunkin' Donuts to come to the side of the highway in summer. But, uh, you know, I'm within my rights, and I send them packing. They call that the walk of shame is when they come out confident they're going to tell me to leave, and then they walk away with their tail between their legs every single time. Sean Porter, you've been a sport tonight. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. This show take, takes time to understand all sides of every issue, even issues that make us feel uncomfortable. And we invite I, – I cordially invite – I know Eric would invite Sheriff Jenkins to this – podcast or to any podcast or to sit down for a long-form interview and no i mean this sincerely in a journalistic context i definitely would like to talk to the county executive if she would be willing to a minor we give everyone a fair shake i'd like to hear the other side of it i'd like to understand why they felt that it was necessary to take this course of action and what their legitimate beef is with you and who knows, maybe down the line we could all come back. When things open back up, we can get together in person and talk about it. I think that would be a good story. Remember, Ryde, you still owe Laura cigars. I do. So, I do. Okay, just I do owe Laura cigars. I, I'm on it. Sean, thanks for coming on tonight. We really appreciate your time and sharing your story with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You thanks, bet. Sean. Have a great week. Take care. Okay. Sean Porter, the guy with the signs. You see him around Maryland holding up signs that aren't necessarily friendly to the governor. And if you're in Frederick County, you may have seen the sign that he held up that targeted County Executive Jan Gardner. Eric, I really like talking about constitutional issues. I always enjoy these discussions because you and I appreciate the the civil libertarian issues and how to exercise our civil liberties and understanding what those mean as an American citizen. So I'm glad to have him on. I hope he comes back. I'm sure he will. He made time to, to talk to us, and that is always meaningful to me and to you and to the show. So any final thoughts, Eric? Let's see. So what I'd say is that Sean is a perfect example of why you need to know what your civil liberties are so that you may exercise them. Otherwise, you will be screwed over by the long arm of the government. It's important to understand the, the criminal justice system. One day, Eric, I think you're going to be a fantastic lawyer. I really hope so. I think you will um, be. I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. You know, it's a, what I, I'm like three, four years out. Four yeah. years out, and I'll be a lawyer. And, uh, you know, we'll see how my first lawsuit over a PIA request goes. So, uh, <laughs> Are you going to file getting, a lawsuit over that? Oh, I already did Fred, against the Frederick City Police. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of practice right now. Kind of, I'm, I'm, this is like, you know, like varsity in high school is where I'm operating. And so, you know, we'll see how then I got my three years of college and uh, we'll see how many people I can undo with a law degree. Just to finalize our show tonight, I wanted to bring up a story that you reported about a substitute teacher. First reported by the Frederick News Post that a former Frederick County public school substitute teacher was charged this past Thursday on distribution and possession of child pornography. Eric reported yesterday, or I think two days ago, that another parent at a middle school, I think it was Ballinger Creek, if I'm not mistaken, her daughter attended this school. We're not going to give any names. Substitute teacher allegedly wrote her daughter a note that said, text me cutie you called the phone number number one obviously like handwriting experts are you know whatever in my opinion the hall pass that was written by the teacher and the note the text me cutie note it's the same handwriting it's the same pen actually yeah if you look at it really closely so i there's no doubt in my mind and that is not how a child writes no child writes that way so number one that well, was an adult my wife and i looked at that last night and 
she and I both said at the t- same time, the style the that he drew a line through the seven, that's old school. Exactly. That's before us. It is before. Well, even though this guy's 27. Yes. He's 20. I don't write like that, but my grandparents do. My grandparents do. It's an old school writing style that was written by an adult. I did call the number and I did all of my uh, fun hacker stuff to uh, figure out who owned the number. And it's a Google Voice number. And so honestly, anybody can request those. Anybody can, can have them. The only way to actually uncover who owns that is through a subpoena through law enforcement. I'm sincerely hoping that the Frederick County Sheriff's Office and the state's attorney actually pursue that information because I believe that not only was this person possessing and distributing child pornography, but he was actively soliciting minors through the school system. Honestly, possessing kitty porn in Frederick County, he's going to get three years probation. That's it. That's what the judge's sentence. Well, I mean, that's your opinion, but I, I we'll have to wait and to see if how he's tried oh, and what the court system will look. You know no, how that's that that I I've trust me I've researched extensively. If you are Hispanic, they'll give you seven years in jail. If you are white or black, they'll give you three months probation. It's a massive sentencing disparity. I'm hoping that they tack on soliciting a minor so that he'll actually be in jail for you know at least until this little girl is an adult. It's, it's a sad story, and this is a, another unfortunate incident in our school systems. It's happened, it happens more frequently than it should in Montgomery County. It happens all over. Anytime someone violates the trust of senior citizens, young people, school students, it is, it's, it's so important that our justice system gets that right. I know, Ryan, I fully intend on attending every single day and every single hearing of that trial to make sure that we have an accurate accounting and that people can understand what happened so that if he gets an appropriate sentence, we know who to thank. And if he gets an inappropriate sentence, we know who to blame. You, Eric, have covered many stories on the judiciary in Maryland, and you've focused your efforts on and coverage in Frederick County. Aside from those stories, and you've written many stories on aminordetail.com, are you looking at any other stories right now that you're following up on? I have a couple of stories in the cooker right now. I'm going to have to do a little bit of Project Veritas for one of them. Um, Those are the best. I have some very good friends that are going to assist with my uh, with a little bit of uh, undercover work. Let me just put it this way. If my story pans out the way that I want it to, it's going to be a full-time job to undo the damage that the public revelation of these stories will cause in Frederick County. Well, Eric, I'm glad to see you. I hope we can get together again soon. I'll come yes, over. Please. For the love of God, bring a cigar for Laura. I will. Okay. I promise. Eric, okay. thanks a lot, my friend, and uh, sure. I'll catch you later. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. See you later. Aminordetail.com. I'm Ryan Miner, the host of a Minor Detail podcast. It's nice to be back. It's nice to kickstart this year, as I just said, in a unique interview. We'll have plenty more of politics and maybe some off-the-wall content. I think we're going to mix it up this year. I want the content to branch out a little bit. I know sometimes with the elections coming up, I do a lot of the candidate interviews and, you know, they're fun. I like to sit down and hammer out someone's policy position, but I also like to put together podcast panels to analyze, break down what's happening in Maryland. And as I said, we cover some of those issues that often go uncovered. 
I appreciate you listening. I hope you subscribe to the podcast. I hope you give us a listen wherever you are. And we'll be back soon. I don't know what the next show is going to be about. Sometimes that doesn't come about until something strikes my fancy. Hope you have a great and successful week. Visit a minordetail.com slash AMD podcast and subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at ryan at a minor detail.com. Interested in sponsoring a show? Let me know and we'll get you all set up. Thanks for listening. Until next time.